What's up, you lovely lurkers? I'm Scott, he's Willie, and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to talk about amending America's sport. And can a gun save the DCU? If you like our voices, you can find our faces on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram, or ask my girlfriend who's playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Let's lurk. <laughs> Man, Willie, what a week it has been. Um, you, right now, as far as I know, are living it up, La Vida Loca style. In I'm on a beach somewhere. Yeah, some beach somewhere. <laughs> 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 so uh, I just want to say that I have been jealous. Even though the weather has been kind of nice here in the great state of Minnesota, I just wish I was out on the the tropical waters of the Bahamas with you. So can I, I I just need to say this because I am somebody who likes to like predict what the weather is going to be like when I go on a vacation. You always, you always yeah. You want to peek behind the curtain and say, am I going to have an enjoyable time? Everybody at work is like, Oh, I'm so jealous for you that you get to go to the Bahamas. And then I tell them about the, uh, the forecast while we're there. What's it like right now? Coming live like from right the Bahamas, yes. What's it like right now? Since you're there right now. Looking out my eyeballs, it <laughs> is 79 degrees and raining. And it's been raining the entire trip. <laughs> Literally. It, it shows rain and high winds the entire time we're on the trip. Did you get a discount because it's hurricane season again? <laughs> oh... Well, now, I can't complain too much because it's a high of 79, 78 degrees the entire time. So I would much rather take wind and rain in 80 degrees than I would wind, rain, and snow in, uh, by my calculator, negative 10 degrees. <laughs> That's true. That is true. And um, like my football coach said, no matter what day of game day is, it's always 70 and sunny. And then he berated us for being... Dumb Ruta Vegas. <laughs> he got fired. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> Some people might say that the NFL and football is America's sport, but I, I would beg to differ, Scott. What is America's sport? That would be the grand old game of baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking well, of balls... <laughs> Speaking of balls, <laughs> this week on TikTok, there was a post that said there are four huge rule changes coming to the MLB. I'm assuming since uh, baseball is your favorite sport that you saw these rules oh, yeah. before these this TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it sounds a little weird to say like four big rule changes when if you look at the rule book in baseball, it's like a thousand rules. <laughs> And the game's been around forever, since like Civil War times. So four rules actually is significant for a sport that is predicated its history on. We want to keep things the same as much as possible. We don't want to kowtow to all these trendy things. And they've arguably suffered for it. 
Right. And uh, so I think a lot of what we see in these changes to major league sports, either baseball or basketball with the three-point line, hockey changing the different lines or how Mm -hmm. offsides works, all of this is because as a business model, they want to keep entertainment high and engagement at an all-time high too because it's going to keep people coming back for more feeling more of that like sports energy excitement and baseball i think the biggest criticism of baseball is that it's too slow yes the the number one thing is that you can't keep people engaged for nine innings watching what arguably is soccer's biggest thing which is scoring or action yeah for for baseball too engagement is butts in seats it's not let's watch it on tv it's not let's watch it on an app we need to have people buying tickets and going into the stadium or at least buying tickets like they were going to show up. Exactly. And I think if you're just you're sitting down, you're opening your streaming app of choice or throwing on the, you know, the old tubes and you're watching a game, they want to know that you're going to stick around for those adverti- advertisements, right? Yes. Oh, we can talk about that because there's actually a fifth rule change that I'm going to tack on at the end. Well, let's get into the list here. The first one is that there is now a pitch clock. And they took this after which sport? Was this after? Technically basketball, there's a shot clock. But there was uh, minor leagues. They did it in the minor leagues. Oh, that's, yep. They did it in the minor leagues. And they saw that it actually lowered the time of the game by like 38 minutes. Which is incredible. That's crazy. Do you know what a typical game is? No. Long? When we were growing up and going to games at the Metrodome... The average mm-hmm. baseball game was three hours, and it has ballooned to like three and a half. That's a long time. Yeah. What do you do for three hours straight these days besides binge Marvel TV shows? <laughs> you know, sometimes Scott, it gets a little you harder. You are like to, uh, 30 seconds. Don't even form. lie. <laughs> okay. I don't even make it through a TikTok. <laughs> But yeah, like nobody nobody has the attention span anymore. Every single video that you watch online has a seven second cut of some sort to keep you engaged. Do you like this? Do you think this is a good idea because it's taking a, a pitch clock to what, 15 seconds? I am all for it. Yes. As somebody who loves baseball, I want to go back to when the games are shorter. Because when I used to go to baseball games, it felt like I could pop in three hours or shorter. But I felt like I could go there and leave and still have the rest of my day to look forward to. But now, as it's closer to four hours with traffic and everything, like it feels like it's almost your whole day. Uh, Well, let's go into the second point here, which is that there is now a pickoff limit. Which is when they try to hold the runner at first, second, or third, they don't want him to steal a base. Yeah, it says, for the first time, pitchers won't be allowed to throw over to a base as often as they want. Instead, they'll be limited to two disengagements, pickoff attempts or step-offs. If a pitcher disengages a third time for a pickoff attempt, the runner then gets to advance one base if they don't get the out. I think that's great. This is something that is still within the realm of baseball as a sport, but it gets, gets people moving. We're going to have a lot of errors, most likely, this year, where people are mm-hmm. still trying to get used to that, and they don't remember in the heat of the moment that they tried to pick it off or they tried to step off. We'll also see um, possibly defensive strategy where, like, we want to move this runner over 
because we know the next person isn't as fast and we can get a double play, something like that. Let's talk about the next one. I don't really understand this one, so you're going to have to walk me through it, but it says defensive shift restrictions. Yes. Okay, so speaking of 3D chess, ever since sabermetrics came into into baseball, like a bullet with the Oakland A's back in the Billy Bean days, mm-hmm. watch Moneyball if you don't know what I'm talking about. Essentially, somebody came in and was like, we're tracking all these stats. Let's have somebody go through this data, crunch it together, and find out, okay, this person, Joe Maurer, will say, because you remember who that is, right? <laughs> he comes up to the plate, and he hits the ball between first and second 75% of the time when he hits a single. So they came up with something called the shift, where we're going to take the shortstop, move him to second base, like almost standing on second base, and we're going to have the second okay. baseman in between, and we're going to have the first baseman just off first base. So they'll have three people sometimes they'll bring in the outfielders too because they know they're likely not to pop up the ball because of who's pitching. But basically, they know the person's going to hit it that way, so let's get more players on that side of the field and attempt to stop the ball and get him out. And so baseball is saying no more. You have to have two players on each side of second base, which is the middle base for people who don't know baseball, mm-hmm. and figure out how you want. If you want to bring in an outfielder, that's great, but you then risk them just popping it up and getting a hit anyway so it's it's all about that chess move what are they going to do now they wanted to prevent more runners from getting on base mm-hmm. this seems like a, a rule that puts more people on bases and i think that's what they want to see right yeah. yeah they want players to be able to hit the ball and get on base and they, get runs. It, it's almost like it's almost like they're nerfing defensive stats do you know what i mean like right. they said hey for this many decades we the your defense stat in this game has just been a little too high so we're going to nerf that a little bit and bring down your shield a little bit we want you to be able to get more hits that's right they want the offensive team to bat around they want people like action number one complaint about soccer is that nobody scores goals right just passing all game long well that baseball nope, just get runs have gone bitches, down <laughs> some do some do but baseball players, yeah, they, they want to see more home runs. And we can talk about juiced balls. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a lot of coworkers who don't have juiced balls anymore. Oh. So throw that out there. You know who you are. We'll save that for another episode. Speaking of bigger balls, we've also got bigger bases. Is this that significant of a change? I'm guessing the stolen base has gone down. The catchers have gotten really good at just being in a position to throw people out. The pitchers had literally all day, and they could throw 15 different pickoff attempts to keep somebody kind of like in PTSD from stealing a base. So now, since stolen bases could potentially go up with the lack of pitch outs or step offs, why not make the bases a little bit bigger? It's going to, number one, make more stolen bases. Number two, it'll be a little bit less dangerous for the runner. Because there's going to be more base to kind of grab and not get stepped on by the person who's sure. trying to tag them out. Lots of things could happen. I think this is a good idea. It says that the bases are going from eighteen or from 15 inches to 18 inches. So arguably that 90 feet between bases is no more. They're shortening the distance by four and a half inches. Four inches? 
No, other way. Uh, go the other way. Oh, go sorry. the other way. Four inches. <laughs> Four inches? <laughs> it's like nothing at all. <laughs> now, the fifth oh, rule man. change I wanted to bring up here right at the end is a year or so ago, Major League Baseball had one major advertiser on the jersey or uniform, and that was the team's name. Oh, okay. So you saw a New York Yankees jersey, pinstripes, New York Yankees logo. You have a Twins jersey, Twins right across the chest. There was a maker's mark on the on the arm, and it was a little M, and that's Majestic. Majestic was the Major League outfitter oh. of, of uh, Major League Baseball. They got replaced by Nike several years ago, and so okay. the swoosh started showing up on the front of the jersey. Oh. And for a lot of purists like myself, I was like, this is kind of ugly. I don't like this. But baseball is like, they're really? giving us money. Yeah. And because we've had less butts in the seats, because the game is so long and boring, they've decided to let baseball teams come up with advertising sponsors. So this year, really? you're going to notice a giant patch on the right arm of every single, well, every single uh, team that can come up with a sponsorship partner. And it looks hideous. How is, how is somebody... No- how is somebody not going to come up with a branding sponsor? These are these are professional businesses. Right. Right. But for until this year, the year of our Lord, 2023, Gregorian calendar, we have not had any sort of sponsorship or ads outside of things that were on the backstop, things that were in the outfield, things that are all around the concourse and on the Jumbotron. It just seems invasive and pervasive, if you ask me. Okay, just do a quick Google for um, San Diego Padres Motorola sponsor. All right. Okay. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest effing logo. That what? It's it's huge. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> do you do you remember? Uh, and this is like right on brand because so like. Scott linked me to an article where the San Diego Padres will team up with Motorola for the first MLB jersey patch deal. Apparently, a $10 million per year deal. Do you remember when you would go get your, like, stupid flip phones or those, like, quote-unquote early-day smartphones? Yeah. And the back of it was just logo, 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 logo. Yeah. Just covered. And you don't see that in any modern smartphone. This reminds me of that. This is like, okay. You're a commodity now. I'm I'm putting my logo on this thing, and you can't stop me. Yeah, we're going to start calling them the Motorola Padres or the, uh, I don't know, MetLife Red Sox. It, I feel, degrades the attachment to the city. What is what is the brand, then, we have to choose. If we're going to embrace this mm-hmm. and it's going to go all in, what brand does Minnesota put on their jersey? Why don't we take something that is going to be revolutionary for this because... Nobody else is going to do it. I guarantee you no other team in Major League Baseball will do this. But what if the Minnesota Wild were their jersey sponsor? Amazing. We just rotate through. Yes. And so every single Minnesota team says, fuck you yes. to all that money. Yes. <laughs> because there's league shared money. So why not just keep it all in-house? The Timberwolves are brought to you by the Twins. The Twins are brought to you by the Wild. The Wild are brought to you by the Vikings. I think it could be amazing. I think it could be incredible. Throw the link. Throw the links in there. The links. United. 
who else do we got? The Vixen, like Aurora. Let's just let's just rotate. I think that's incredible. I should be working for one of you teams because this is free. This is free. So, I mean, we've got our email in the show notes. Just let us know. Now, Scott, here's the deal. You and I have talked at nauseum about ad. Superhero ad nauseum? It's ad nauseum. Plus. I might be a spy man. (laughs) (laughs) But we've talked a lot about superhero movies. And I know that by the time this episode goes up, we're uh, the world is kind of either excited, thrilled because we got to see Ant-Man. And this could be setting the stage for Marvel's next phase because this is supposed to end phase four, right? I thought this was the beginning of phase five. Either one. It's that transition period. This is supposed to be the big tentpole moment in the MCU. But this isn't about them. They have been the leaders. They've been the patriots of superhero film for years, right? Patriots won all the footballs a lot. Oh, not make Avengers great again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) James Gunn was... I, I don't know how to transition that, so we're just going to keep wearing a move. We're going to pass, pass the baton. We're going to look over here, everybody. Divert your eyes. Forget what Scott just said. My God, we're so on um, I should take an edible. You should. <laughs> what I wanted to talk about is the announcements by James Gunn for the DC Extended Universe. Okay. Now, James Gunn, director of the Guardians of the Galaxy films. Amazing. Inevitably gets fired from the third one. Canceled. early In the early stages. Canceled because of something that he said. Cancel culture isn't real, people. I guess. Uh, but then there's backlash. Everybody says, no, we don't want to do this film unless we bring him back. So he comes back. But he's already broken. He's already broken the relationship. It's gone. So he decides, screw this. And then Warner Brothers says, hey, buddy. Come here. We'll give you the world. We'll give you everything. We're going to back up this truck full of money if you become our Kevin. Kevin daddy. And he says, okay. Because well, why wouldn't you? Now, he, he looks like the ghost in the Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, but nonetheless, he has a plan. <laughs> James Gunn has had more stress than Obama. Like, I mean, every hair on him... <laughs> From tip to t- from tip to tip is probably white at this point. The quick overview that I read at the time, because I didn't have a chance to watch the video live, but it was basically James Gunn says, we're rebooting this, and we want you to know that we're going to try and stay true to the things that you love. So the bigs, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, are going to be what we focus on and give the most money to, essentially. We want to do those right We want to make them the things that everybody are talking about. So we can in turn introduce you to the smaller things like the authority, like, which I don't know, like Suicide Squad. You know, nobody who really knew who Suicide Squad was. It's it's a weird thing to start with, but it's one of those smaller things that they should have brought in after. And they kind of did in the other one. It just wasn't great. So 
the hope is here that like they knock it out of the park with one of those big superheroes and then they bring on all these other small auxiliary characters and make us fall in love with them kind of like how marvel did with iron man thor and then did guardians of the galaxy yeah I want to talk about the the five movies that they're going to come out with. Sure. But before we do that, let's take just a, some time to talk about the television shows. Because if we know anything about Warner Brothers, they're going to be publishing this content likely on HBO. So it's going to have a budget similar to Game of Thrones, to Last of Us. Yeah. They're going to be high budget shows. I'm I'm excited for this. It doesn't necessarily mean that my hopes are high, but I do think it means that we might get higher quality content. DC is going to start or has a show called Creature Commandos. I saw a picture and the weasel from Suicide Squad was the only person I recognized. It's weird, right? Because people that we're seeing, it says that uh, Gunn has already written seven episodes of the series. Creature Commandos will center Rick Flagg Sr., who is set to appear elsewhere and voiced because they're going to switch between animated and live action, kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, what if, but then they're going to have Dr. Phosphorus, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein. Ooh. I don't care. Yeah. So I know who Frankenstein is. Frankenstein is actually a really cool run. If you ever read any of his uh, okay. stuff, Rick Flag senior. Well, we already saw what happened to Rick flag in the previous iterations. This sounds just like Suicide Squad 2 or 3.0. Odd choice to start out with. Super weird. We're going to see a show called Waller, which is going to follow Viola Davis's character, Amanda Waller. Incredible In like a spinoff TV series. series. She's a great actress, but in my opinion, it's so tried. I'm just exhausted. You've extended this person's stay like you're getting rid of Henry Cavill as Superman, Mm -hmm. but you're keeping Viola Davis. I will say this from the comic side. Waller is kind of pervasive throughout all of the potential stories that could be happening. So like, you know, the Nick Fury of the first phase. That's the greatest analogy. Yeah. Yep. I get that. And that's fine. Though the first show that I think I'm actually excited to watch is called Lanterns. Yes. Which is going to follow two different Green Lantern characters. And James Gunn, you dropped words that all of us wanted to hear. It is going to feel like we're watching an episode of, oh, God, what is the show? Oh, he dropped the words that you wanted to hear. Okay, True Detective. Oh, God. It's just like. <laughs> True just Detective the was words such a phenomenal show. That he dropped. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> To have something so I'm gritty like that, this. though, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like gritty, but Green Lanterns are amazing. Going to be hard to do. <laughs> they have superpowers based on rings, a lot of CG involved, but to do it detective style, mm, that, that sounds mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah, I think you ground the show a little bit, and you make it about solving a mystery, and the superpowers can come second. Yes, and as somebody who's read a lot of Green Lantern runs... There's more than just the color green. In fact, it's going to probably piss a lot of people off when they find out there's a whole rainbow of colors because they revolve around light. It's prism. It's dumb. DC's woke. Get them out of here. 
kick him to the curb with M&Ms. Uh, the last show, I have no idea what it's about, and then we're going to get into movies here. It's called Booster Gold. Oh, my A gosh, series I focusing on the future wait. tech superhero. What, why? Wait. Imagine you're an idiot, right? And you just happen to... I don't have to imagine. <laughs> Got it. I'm there. Uh, so imagine you're an idiot, and you suddenly get okay. thrust into the future 100 years. Okay. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Well, you just happen to get really interested in the tech... And you steal okay. it. <laughs> oh. And you find the portal and you're able to somehow go back to your current time today. Except you've got 100 year future tech that you can now use to make you a superhero. Welcome to Booster Gold. I think that could be a fun show. Especially when we find out who they cast as Booster Gold. Like, I can imagine it's going to be kind of like a comedy action. And as long as they don't screw it up, it should be really good. I know who they might cast. Because I, I heard this hot take on Twitter this week. Oh, really? Eat None your, other eat yourself. <laughs> uh, ending his run in the MCU and following his buddy James Gunn, Chris Pratt. <gasps> Everybody would hate that. Literally everybody. They would hate it so much. They would hate it so much. <laughs> That would tank it immediately. <laughs> so fast. Let's talk about the movies coming to the DCU. Starting with Superman Legacy. Interesting title. Mm-hmm. Now, it's already it already has a release date, even though he's still in the middle of writing it, and they haven't casted the show yet. Or at right. least they haven't told us that they've casted the movie. But it's set to come out July 11th of 2025. It's not going to be an origin story, but mm-hmm. it will follow Clark Kent's struggle to balance his superhero life with his human one. Did you see Jason Momoa go into uh, the DCU offices a couple weeks ago? Amelia Clark? Yes. Uh, what were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I understood what you did there. Uh, I understood that reference. Well, he... Idris Elba? Oh, sorry. <laughs> not, not Idris Elba. No. Jason Momoa <laughs> filmed himself sorry. walking out after having a discussion with James Gunn. And he was ecstatic. He basically was like freaking out, hooting and hollering. And he was like, James Gunn, I love you. And I can't wait to like share this with you. And then the movie, or the, the video cut. He has wanted to play Lobo which is an awesome villain anti-hero of Superman's. And if you okay. just pull up a picture of Lobo right now, tell oh. me tell me he's not that character just the, in the same vein that Robert Downey Jr. It's Jason Momoa. is Iron Man. Yes, exactly. So my thought is based on what you just said, he hasn't revealed who he's cast. Like maybe he has already kind of got it everybody in mind and he's already talking to them things are moving so fast behind the scenes these days Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a weather balloon floating over the united states in a way we just we want we want to we want to shoot it down right away or and other people are like no no let's just wait let's just let's just give it a minute (laughs) but but isn't Jason Momoa already in in the DCU. Yes, he's he's already he's he, so he, he is Aquaman. he's Aquaman. He's not going to come back as anybody else. But you said that they're they're retiring those. Those are going to be 
No. Legacy. The next Aquaman is not a legacy. It's in this franchise. Yeah, but I think the next Aquaman comes out and then the Flash movie comes out. Am I right there? I think so. Okay, because the Flash movie is a Flashpoint movie, supposedly, and Flashpoint resets the DCU. Mm, Interesting. Could this mean that Jason Momoa is the next Superman? Possibly. Could it mean that he's Lobo and he's the first person to fight Superman? Also possible. So let me share this one because I I do think that there is something to be shown here, which is the movie The Brave and the Bold, which is going to follow the story of Batman Mm -hmm. and his son, Robin, but also is going to share the Bat family. It's going to be the beginning of a story that has been told across the DCU, but they're bringing it to life for the first time. They've never really done that, talked about a Bat family in any Mm -hmm. of the previous films. I know that this is going to be a big deal, and people who are in love with Batman are excited for this. Yes, and I think it's really cool that Batman being a daddy for real this time is actually going to be a surprise to probably a lot of people, because unless you read the comics, you don't know that he ever fathered a son. And... That son, being a crazy assassin trained by the same person who trained Batman, is an interesting story. It was a great run in the comics. So we get to see Batman not necessarily as somebody who's just like kicking ass and taking names the whole time. Now he actually has he has to care. He mm-hmm. has actual family. And if you know anything about it, this kind of brings up a lot of other pseudo-family things from previous Robins, Nightwing... Jason Todd. So there's a lot of things that could spin off of this. So I like where they're going with this. One that is 50-50 for me right now is Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Why is it 50-50? It says here that this is going to be a movie based on a recent run of DC Mm -hmm. Comics Mm -hmm. by Tom King. Essentially, it's going to be a girl who is on like a piece of Krypton floating in space and watches the rest of her family pass away. Planet. I think... Planet. Okay. I just... I feel like this, based just the premise that they've shared, is it's just going to be a CG nightmare. You're not grounding it in any universe we've seen. And so far, everything DC has put out where you have like this... I guess it's the Zack Snyder version of this. Yeah. That's the perception that I have is it's this like overly contrast, terrible CG world and you don't want to be there. And so nothing of what they've shared so far makes me want to live in that universe. But let me assuage your fears just a little bit here because my guess, the way they're going to position it for hopefully television or is is this going to be a movie? Is this going to be a movie? Movie. Okay. Is it's going to be... Superman is the good guy, right? He's He was raised by the loving parents, like James Gunn said, and she's been raised on this death world. Okay, sure. I think she's going to show up on Earth, and I think she's going to be traumatized by her time. So we're going to get most of the, I guess, otherworldly stuff in flashbacks, maybe small pieces, but not a whole lot of time spent there because... Unless there's something there that she's running from, why would you go back to a broken chunk of the world? But it sounds like she's going to come in and she's going to be like, oh, this is Superman's sister. But then she starts beheading people because (laughs) she has (laughs) this fear. When a toaster goes off, she lasers it with her eyes. You know, like she's just skittish based on uh, 
kind of the, how she was raised. You're right. You're probably right. I think that this... It, I want to see the casting, and I have a recommendation. James Gunn, I know you listen to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. My casting for this Supergirl is Jenna Ortega. Ooh, that would... Uh, she's good. She's really good. If you haven't watched Wednesday, she's really good. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Scream I, 6, Gangs of New York, well, neither have I. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And lastly, and we're not talking about my butthole here, hmm. Swamp Thing. <laughs> uh, I like the way he introduces this as a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the Swamp Thing, when you learn about it, is a terrifying monster. And I think that's what he's calling this first phase, gods and monsters. Yep. So if you think about it, who's actually a god in the DCU? You've got Wonder Woman, Superman, Supergirl, probably the Lanterns. Right. Which makes everybody else potentially a monster. Waller. Interesting. Commandos. Batman. <laughs> Booster Gold. Yeah. Well, he he could have godlike powers with his tech, but we'll see. But that's tech powers, just like Batman. Batman isn't a god. That's true. That's true. We'll see how it plays out. And speaking of playing us out, thank you so much for listening to us today. Find more of us on our socials, and we'll see you next week.